0: What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. We are live. Um, I've got a bunch of documentation here set up. We are ready to go through tesla's earnings and conference call i just got off the call we went through the whole shareholder letter in my previous stream um so now uh we're back give me a thumbs up if you can hear me um for the audio here i got the new mic set up in this screen um to be awesome uh to give you guys some crispy sound so i'm hoping i'm coming through crispy on your speakers if you can give me a thumbs up that would be excellent um i have here as you can see um a ridiculous amount of notes here that i take every quarter while i'm on the conference call just Constantly scribbling away um, so that I can uh, basically um, re- reiterate it all to you. And usually I would record this and edit it a little bit, but I thought, you know, why not do it live and kind of make it interactive um, and see what we're going here. Uh, okay. Thumbs up. Audio is awesome. Let's do this. So Elon Musk starts the conference call um, per usual, giving those opening remarks. He is super optimistic, very calculated, um, very different than this kind of sigh off the cuff, Elon, that we used to get on the conference call. He's calculated, he's refined, he's thought about what he's going to say, um, sounding very professional. I mean, just to start out, that tone was incredible. Um, so I love that. Best quarter in, kiss, in history on revenue, delivery, earnings, cash flow. So proud. We kicked ass. I love that line. Like who? What other CEO says that? And they did. You knew it was going to be an epic call um, when they said that. Here, I'll, I'll just share my notes with you if this gets a Annoying, let me know, but this is my Google Docs. It's totally unwritten, like not written well, unedited, like me scribbling. So keep that in mind. Mark, thanks for the super chat. Very crispy. Let's do it, baby. Um, I, I'm glad the mic's working. So um, rethinking batteries from scratch. So Tesla's long-term competitive strength is manufacturing. This was fascinating that this is something that was reiterated after Battery Day. Um, their ability to manufacture is his edge. I, I don't know. I think there's something that we really need to unpack there because Um, Elon Musk keeps reiterating that. The battery day, improving chemistry, technology, manufacturing. We're going to talk about all of that. But they really rethought what the battery was from scratch using first principles, reinvented the level of physics. And later in this call, we are going to show why Elon Musk and this new battery technology are literally changing the paradigm for how an EV and literally all electronic um, vehicles will be structured going forward in the future. Batteries that cost half as much for a third of the CapEx. I mean, this is just a game changer. And this was very interesting. The Giga Berlin factory will see the first battery line at scale. So we can do some fun visualizations here. This is the battery at Berlin. So this is the factory in Berlin where the first cells were being used. It looks like, and we got an info later on the call, um, that was basically saying how, um, Berlin would, uh, Or like they would be shipped like, okay, so we have this pilot line in Fremont of the cells. What are we doing with these excess cells from Fremont? We're going to ship them to help the launch of Berlin. And Elon Musk and the team were very cautious about the ramp of Berlin. It sounds like with the new cells saying like it's going to be super small handful of deliveries scaling very gradually because it's such a new technology, which is what we should expect. Um, So that's going to be, yeah, the the Cybertruck and and the Model Y for that. And so um, I love this analogy here that they use about... Um, Well, he talks about the autopilot team and I love how he like really gives props to the team. I think that's so, so amazing Um, and talks about how they're slowly putting out this huge new FSD update. By the end of the year, it'll go to everybody. This is the true full self-driving package. I mean, we're going to have to oversee it and watch it and babysit it to start. But as a Tesla owner, I'm like hearing him on the conference call like, damn, by the end of the year, everyone's going to get it. Um, That would be insanely awesome. Um, So, okay, sorry, if you're looking at my notes, I mean, it's reiterating, but you know, I think it's important so you can see what I'm reading, unless you just want to see my face, I can switch it up. But um, I love this analogy with Google. And so um, the way that Google is the smartest AI in the, in the in the world right now, and I think it almost gave me a, a fascinating insight of like wanting to make a video that Tesla is the next Google because Tesla has really mastered this incredible feedback loop of where every time you disengage autopilot and you're like, boom, and you take over the wheel, then it dings. It's sending that to Tesla. And so they've generated mass user data at scale is being generated for Tesla to train and refine its neural net with a million of these supercomputers on the road, constantly sending data back and forth. Just like when you go to Google and type in a Google search, you're training that neural net. Now this is an analogy that's been used a lot, but I really think it's so important to hammer home because give me an example of another feedback loop like this, um, at least in the electric vehicle or transport space, all these other EV on autonomous startups are missing that uh, free flywheel of data. That's why Google is spinning out Waymo because they know it won't work um, because it doesn't have that flywheel of free data. They're paying engineers to get every mile of data versus Tesla, which literally has people paying them that they're making billions of dollars on their vehicles on and giving them the data. And so it's just an incredible system. And uh, he's you know he kind of throws a jab at Waymo saying like, well, corner cases, like only reality can really give you corner cases. And so I thought that was fascinating. Um, general neural net approach, um, no maps or cell phone connection needed. I thought this was fascinating, like literally no connectivity. Your car could actually drive all the way, um, even in a place where you they've never been before. There's never even been a Tesla before, and it's not connected. It can still drive like a person. That's what's happening later this year. I mean, this is a really big deal, and this is why Tesla is so different than Waymo, because Tesla is not just putting out a solution that essentially, like, is only going on one street that's training on that one street. Tesla's really trying to make a general-purpose autonomy solution way different than Waymo's, way harder, um, but way more value because it's truly autonomous. And so, um, anyway, uh, progress on the three factories, all making uh, excellent progress. Gigafactory Shanghai, they reiterate how the first deliveries from Berlin and Austin are going to be slow. Um, And there's, like, he gives this analogy of, like, there's 10,000... Like little pieces of little parts in in the car, and like the and they all ramp on this S curve, right? The S curve production ramp, I guess. Um. Yeah. And so, um, all of these parts are ramping on that process, and the slowest one is going to dictate that. And so that is what it is. We got our boy Zach Kirkcone coming on. Amazing results, five quarters of profits, nearly double digit margins. Love that. Um, he gave us a little bit more color on that Elon stock package. Uh, saying they vested the second and third tranche in the quarter and started the fourth 300 mil expense. I love how he says you should think about excluding the regulatory credits, which were a lot stronger than expected, almost 400 mil, and excluding that employee Elon stock expense. Look at the core business, which is what I do. And if you net them out, they almost net each other out. And so like for all those people like, oh, Tesla's regulatory credit. First of all, I saw comments on my last stream saying like, "Uh uh-oh, when those regulatory credits dry up, like their revenue is going to go away. It's like, no, it's not. That was like 300 million out of like 9 billion in revenue, you know? And then you back out the 300 mil that they paid Elon Musk and it actually nets out. And so the earnings of 800 million this quarter were almost like a true earnings, you know, because when the the, the credits will offset the the Elon stock expense. And so he also included that the gross margin on the core automotive business goes from 18 to uh, 23.7%. I mean, this is huge. Actually, um, I'm going to pull up some hypercharts right now to show you this gross margin. You can go to hypercharts.co. Um, slash Tesla if you want to follow along here but I think this is uh insane so Tesla gross margin here I mean how profitable on the are they on the vehicles they're selling I mean I think this is incredible that we got this quarter here uh 23.5 is the aggregate gross margin of all of Tesla including energy but you can see this is bouncing up back from those highs that occurred in 23. Uh, in Q3 and Q4 of 2018 when they first launched the Model 3. And this was when they just had S So now we've really seen that strength in gross margins really come as they've hit scale. And it's it's interesting that these are hitting the highs when the average selling price of a Tesla has almost never been lower. And so that's something really important to keep in mind. Um, but incredible quarter for the gross margin. And that led to a lot of uh, the beat, frankly, um, for Tesla. And they say the locally delivered cars go from 50 to 70% plus or under 50 to 70% plus. That helps the cash flow a lot. Um, they think they say solar deployments doubled, which was huge record mega pack and power pack um, 600. So that 2.4 operating uh, billion in cash flow, that was actually juiced by 600 million in working capital change. So a little bit like one time uh, lumpiness there. So but they did reiterate that a lot of that strong cash flows from core operations. Um, so I thought that was awesome. And they did sort of answer one of my biggest questions about the 4680 ramp, which is CapEx. And so they revised their CapEx guidance to two, up to two or up by two to 2.5 billion. And so that is going to be able to handle for battery cell expansion. Basically, it sounds like that is the CapEx to build up those battery lines. So it was interesting that that, but 2 billion with 14 million in cash, like still a drop in the bucket. Then this new guy comes on, uh, RJ, um, RJ Johnson. Actually, let me pull him up. So he was a, he i I found his linkedin and he actually went for um yeah this is him so this guy on linkedin rj johnson he's um tesla for eight months energy operations he got promoted i guess from global head of commercial energy so that's kind of interesting um oh whoops i guess you can see all my linkedin conversations probably not good but um anyway so this rj johnson guy joins and he gives updates on the power wall and all that sort of stuff um but I thought it was interesting they let a new executive on because this is very, you know, Tesla, Drew's worked there for 15 years before they let him on the call. Uh, you know, there's Drew and Elon and Martin. These are pretty long-term execs. Sometimes they let Andre on, but for them to introduce somebody on the call, it's very interesting. And so I don't remember this guy being there. It looks like he's only been there for eight months. So they have this new energy guy. Um, and yeah, uh, he's basically saying that the the solar roof installations are ramping. Um, they reduce the lowest cost per solar. Um, he came from this NextEra company, which is a big energy company. So I don't know. I think it's really interesting that they brought in this sort of more old school energy executive to really ramp the commercial side of that business, it sounds. Um, and in this quarter, they showed crazy progress on the financials and he joined eight months ago. So maybe this guy's really moving the needle and that's where they're like, yeah, we'll put you on the call. So he's going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, they talk about the, say, uh, uh, questions, we get into that, the 4680 cell, going to go into a ton of applications, cars, storage, uh, and it sounds like the pilot facility can support Berlin, which is what I just said, but that's really interesting that um, it almost sounds like the Model S Plaid is like a back burner not even happening or not even caring about thing, like the real output of that Fremont facility, not even going to road store Model S, they're going to ship it all the way to Berlin to help them ramp there. I don't know, I'm very curious um, about that, that's what they were saying. Um, and then they say the solar roof is a killer product. Um, they are actually sorry, I'm getting way ahead of myself. But they ask about faster charging um, for the new tablet cell, and they're basically down. Drew basically says, "Well, I don't think so because it doesn't change the anode plating, and that's really the limit to our cell." Um, and I see what you guys are all getting to the the million uh, vehicles in 2021. We're going to get to that. Trust me. And that's like my big takeaway from this call that it's going to be epic. Oh. Kathy, thank you for the super chat. Appreciate that. Um, but um, yeah, and so l- l- let's keep going here. But um, they won't probably charge faster with these new tablet cells, at least that much right now. And I got to say, I don't think that's an issue. Like I have a Tesla with a road trip. Charging speed has never been an issue for me. Um, so I'm not really concerned about V4, but they kind of downplayed it. So that's interesting. FSD transfer. They ask Elon transfer FSD. Everyone always asks in this. I think it's kind of like, dude, who cares? Um, and so... That is what it is, but um, yeah, and so he, Elon said we, we'll give it some thought. I really like the way he really listens to just, I don't know, just like customers and gives it some thought, even if he thinks it's a dumb idea. He's like, man, customers keep bugging me for this, so like, we should really think about it. I, that's, no CEO does that, Um, so I love that. He talks about the solar roof and how it's going to be a killer product next year, and this will become obvious. Um, And talks about how when you think about a new product, you know, like we always say, like, look around. What do you want the world to look like in 10 years? You want solar roofs in every roof. That's what we're building. Um, And then he goes into something, a rant, which I think could be a whole episode, which is the internal applications team of Tesla and how this is such a big advantage Um, and I think this is when he started talking about all the startups that are within Tesla. Someone asked him about that. Like the Tesla's like really like 12 startups, not one company. And so Elon is just going crazy ranting about this. Um, and the internal applications, the company that builds all the software for the factory for all this. And he's like, bro, we don't have enterprise software. Like Tesla doesn't have enterprise software. That's crazy. Oh, structural battery inter reliability. We'll talk about that. Um, thanks for the super chat. But, um, you know, I thought that was in like, Tesla doesn't buy, you know, SAP or Oracle. They code that themselves. This is unbelievable. And then they talk about how insurance could be 30 to 40% of the car business long-term with much uh, better margins or business, frankly. So I didn't think this insurance piece would be so big, but when you hear Elon and his uh, the way he thinks about the car business and margins and profits, he alludes to this a couple times, it's all about FSD. It's all about going huge on FSD, making massive profits with that side of the business, and that will dwarf everything else they're doing. Nothing else really matters. And so that's when you hear him talk about Insurance can be 30 or 40% of the value of the car. It's like, hmm, that doesn't make sense. But it does make sense when you everything's autonomous and that insurance is the liability for driving all of those cars. You know, this is the future of how the whole industry works. Is you know, that how do we insure that robo driver who's driving us all around? And and so um, it's just it, you know. So in your answers, you hear how Elon is framing his thinking about this. And it's so to me, I have even more confidence that FSD is crushing it and coming out soon just to hear how Elon has already assumed that it's a foregone conclusion when you hear him extrapolate the margins of the autom- automotive business in the midterm. And um, and then he talks about, we have autonomy, we have chips, we have battery cells, power electronics for drive units, supercharger networks. Those are all startups. And then people always ask him like, well, you didn't do that before. And he's like, yep, but we're doing it now. And <laughs> I love that. Um, and he's like, we've been a bit slow with our startups, but none of them have failed. And I was like, wow, that is insane to think, I don't know. And they don't want to spin out any startups because that would add complexity, which I really agree with. I'm not a big fan of the whole spin out thing. I just think that's like what MBAs think is the right move, not, you know, CEO, not like real entrepreneurs. Um, People ask them for renting out cars for Turo, if Tesla will get into that. And that's another thing that Elon downplays, giving you that mental clarity of where he's at for FSD, being like, eh, we can make a little bit of money, but like, nah, we're doing it for robo-taxis. And I think this answer gave me clarity that they don't want to launch uh, the Tesla network with human drivers. They want to go all the way. Um with with robo taxis because that's just coming faster and why set up all this work for this not fully autonomous network when it's just going to get disrupted anyway so i think that's fascinating um, and then the ac question somebody tries to get smart like oh the octo valve could that be a home ac and of course it's going to be a home ac product um and the, the thing that came out of this conference call is elon musk like we don't really have a prototype yet but we should be scheming on that and so all of a sudden there might be a prototype because of that question that got asked i've been just obsessed with this Tesla AC idea. I've made it like five videos on it since uh, he went on Joe Rogan. Um, Starlink is a spin out for SpaceX. That's a totally different uh, thing that we need to talk about. Actually, yeah, I'm glad you guys brought that up and proved me wrong with that because Elon Elon probably is going spin to out, spin out Starlink and it makes sense. But um, anyway, and so they're going to make a prototype of this thing. And he mentioned it on Joe Rogan. And when Joe Rogan's like, yeah, people won't turn their TV off, for wasting so much energy. And Elon's like, nah, bro, it's the AC. You know, it's heating and cooling your water in your home. And all of a sudden, and then what did he say about your home becoming a thermal heat sink, not just an energy heat sink, but the way your car can become a thermal, uh, you know, can store thermal energy, not just like Electric energy, I guess. I don't know. I'm so out of my depth here. But I thought that was a really interesting way to think about it of like, wait, the home is a sink for thermal energy? Like, whoa. Like, I don't know. I think Tesla's really scheming on that. Tesla will either partner with a home builder or become a home builder in the future. Um, I think a lot about that all the time, but that will inevitably happen in my opinion. And if you go to their Battery Day Investor slides, which I got already pulled up. Oh, man, I'm loving this new uh, this new software I got here to, to just scheme with y'all. Um. So, whoa, whoa. What are we seeing right there? Look at this: cooling, gas heating, 2.1 terawatts, 1.4 terawatts, oil heating. Not know what, like, like future growth. Like they're basically telling you they want to get into heating your home here, and that is a huge use of their batteries, right? And so, to me, Tesla hasn't prototyped this product, but they have prototyped battery production to include battery capacity output for 3.5 terawatts for this home HVAC system. Pretty epic, so I'm pumped about that. Um. Now let's keep going here. Um. And so they talk about battery capacity ramp. They're going to help with storage. Um. And then they talk about how the mega pack business keeps doubling every single year. And so let's jump in into the energy statistics. This is going to be really fun. We're going to go to hypercharts here. Hypercharts has some incredible KPIs. So Tesla releases um this is their cash. Look at that cash balance. Woo! You can go to co/tesla to follow me along or to follow along here. Um, so this is the battery deployments, and this is doubling this year, planning to double again next year. And this was a crazy blockbuster quarter. I mean, you can see how it kind of grows, but it's very lumpy, right? But then here we just had an absolutely gargantuan quarter. Um, really a breakout as the mega pack hit its stride. And then now let's go into the solar business. As you can see this solar business, this was really coming down here. And this was a real bummer. I think this was the leasing overhaul or something They made it easier to order. And I thought it was turning around. They're going to ramp the solar roof. It's going to boom. And then we're like, oh no, it's not booming. Disaster. The solar roof wasn't big enough to offset declines in the core solar business. We had COVID. So that's all happening here. And then bam, we traction hits. We more than double. We're back over this 50 megawatts. And I think this just continues ramping from here. I think we've seen the bottom of this solar business, but I've been wrong on that before. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, But I thought that was epic. And they're going to double that battery storage business again next year. So I think the energy business is poised to do three to 4 billion in revenue next year, which is huge breakout year in 2021 for the energy business. I still think Tesla should do an energy day where they talk about how they're going to reinvent the grid um, next year. So anyway, that's an idea. Um, Wolf Research uh, comes in on the new Q&A. Oh, oh, actually on the battery cells, they say that they don't have any plan, like they're not going to ruin their plans for 2021 with this new battery cell. Um, it's like, they don't, not relying on internal cells until next quarter, um, internal cells help in 2022. And so that's when that'll be coming on board. And so I thought it was interesting how they talk about the, the pilot plant in Fremont is all about scale up and rapid feedback. This to me is so interesting, um, about how it's the, the, the proximity to the HQ of this new battery plant is allowing for rapid iteration. And they really, it, it sounds like they haven't perfected that. You know MVP of the battery line yet, and so that's what they're really working on there in Fremont. Um, and then they talk about how they could be building twenty cars, a, twenty million cars a year in twenty thirty. I mean, this is out of control. Um, and so they asked for a mid target and Elon Musk, it's tricky to, Elon's like, eh, it's really tricky to predict in the midterm, but we wanted to build 20 million cars a year because there's 2 billion global fle- fleet and growing. And so if we can do 20 million a year, we're replacing 1% of that fleet per year. And so that's where it starts to make a difference So that's Tesla's goal. Like they're really trying to move the needle on this climate change thing. That's the whole point of the company. And so that's where this twenty 20 million goal comes from by 2030, 20 million cars a year by 2030. I'll let you do the math on, um, that. And then actually a tidbit thrown in that, and Elon Musk is like, the value of Tesla is the amount of cars we produce times the value of autonomy. So there's another clue. Um, And then he talks about how Tesla is just so vertically integrated because he's they're trying to talk about like what Tesla does different to other automakers. And he talks about this thing called catalog engineering. This was fascinating. It's like, we made the machine that makes the machine that made the machine. Like other car companies do catalog engineering. Like they go to a catalog and buy all this equipment. Like we need the stamp. We need the paint press. And they just buy it and then they make the parts and send them to suppliers. He has this quote here that is just so good about how like... Um, Car companies don't own sale or ser- service or distribution. Um, this is what car companies do. They assemble parts from a supplier base and sell them to a dealer base. Assemble parts from a supplier base, sell them to a dealer base. Tesla assembles its own parts and builds cars and sell them to its own customers through its own network. It's, to- it's a, when you actually look at the op- operational units of what Tesla is versus other automakers, it's totally different, radically different absolute night and day. And so I think that is insane. Um, oh, auto bidder to recur to do recurring revenue for grid storage. That was huge. That's actually something I missed on the energy storage part. You guys are getting me sidetracked here, but they talked about essentially vehicle to grid and how that could add, or even not even vehicle to grid, but like battery to grid and how essentially, you know, charging and discharging at the right time, selling your excess storage back to the grid is hugely valuable to the grid. And it's going to become something they focus on more and more. Um Oh, Johnny, talk about Tesla issue with the monopoly. Let's get to that in five years. I don't think we need to worry about the monopoly and a trust bear case for Tesla yet. Um, so they talk about the um, and I'm skipping ahead here. So Adam Jonas. Oh, they talk. so so back to the vertical integration, the machine that makes the machine that makes the machine. They build so much internally, including, like, this internal applications team that's building the software internally. Um, And so Elon's basically like, look, like, we're literally spending money as fast as we can on all the good ideas, trying not to waste it and minimize it as fast as possible. So even though Tesla's cash is piling up, it's not like they're trying to. It's like they're just being very disciplined with what projects and R&D they actually sell things on. And so, or actually, you know, invest time into. Next thing. We're looking at FSD um or no adam jonas talks about lidar if it was for free would you get lidar um and elon's like no okay whatever and then he asks, uh this is really interesting he asked elon uh what would advice would you have the jeff bezos we all know he's scheming on evs you know i made a gazillion hours of content on that and i'm like first of all it seems kind of an inappropriate question to ask elon what advice he would give his biggest competition like well, I don't want to, get like, screw Bezos, you know? He won't buy our semi-trucks, um, you know? I, but Elon actually, honestly, like, he genuinely gave him what I thought was incredible advice, which was on how to solve autonomy. Um, and now I actually think, because he got advice from Elon, I think Jeff Bezos and, and Rivian or whatever will be the top, will be the next person to solve autonomy. It'll be Tesla in 2022. They'll have a four-year head start, and then Amazon will solve it in 2026. That's my guess. And so, um, it, and it's really interesting. And then he said... Elon goes basically like, look, I don't know how much he cares um, or cares about autonomy, but if you want autonomy, you have to focus on vision. You have to solve passive optical vision to have a general driving solution. And once you solve passive optical, you have self-driving. So why bother with anything else, aka LIDAR? And so I thought it was a very interesting approach that he gave Jeff this clue of don't do LIDAR, look at passive optical image or vision. And yeah, so Elon giving... Jeff Bezos, some bro-level advice there, which I thought was cool. Okay, so Pierre Faragoo comes on. He has a really good question about, honestly, what I was saying on my last live stream, I was like, okay, wait, Tesla's already at 840K capacity. I think they might hit a million last year. And, like, Gary, one of you guys in my comments, or Larry maybe, um, was like, dude, I think they could hit a million in 2021. And I just tweeted that, and I actually think they do. Because um, Pierre asked that. And then you, he he'll, he's like, yo, like, is it 50, or, I shouldn't do his French accent, but he has such a cool accent. Um, but he's like, you know, can we basically assume that in between 840k and 1 million cars uh, deliveries will happen in, you know, 2021. Cause that seems like what it is. And then Elon's like, and then Zach Kirkhorn jumps in. I love this. Like the CFO with like the, the legal, like, um, we're actually not legally allowed to comment on guidance, um, or something like that basically, um, until we won't give guidance for 2021 until Q4. And so, and then Elon chimes in, he's like, eh, it's in that vicinity. And so, okay. Now I'm scheming, I'm like, wait, a million cars in 2021, that'll be a double from the 500K they're doing this year. So they're going to do 140K, they're just at 140K, we're thinking they're going to do 180K to hit, you know, uh, the 500K this year. So they're ending this, the last quarter of this year is at 180K. The run rate at the end of that quarter is probably closer to 200K. To hit a million cars a year, we only need to average 250K a quarter. And so, you know, I that to me is where I'm like, I'm going to show the, my screen with you to, sh- to show, give you a visual of this, but this is the deliveries, right? And so if we get, you know, 180K next quarter, it's here. And then we have to go to 200K. Okay, maybe this isn't as good of a visual as I thought, but you can see that, like, we're just not that far off. Like, it, you could, ex- okay, so this is a simpler way to think about it. So if it's 40K, um, you know, incremental increase per quarter. Let's just say it keep continues at that 40k incremental increase per quarter, just for guesstimate's sake. 140 to 180k next quarter, they hit the 500, then 220 in Q- Q21, 260 in, you know, uh, Q2, 300 in Q3 you know, 340. And I don't know, you can add that up. I'm pretty sure that gets you to over a million cars. And so, you know, they're probably going to reach some plateau when the Model 3 and Y start peaking out at Fremont. But then it's like, well, you have Shanghai coming on, you have Austin coming on, you have Shanghai ramping. Um, It's just really interesting to see how the timing of Berlin and Austin will tie into this. But the thing that they downplayed a lot that I personally think is like the biggest reason that I'm so hyped on this, and we're going to get some pictures here, is they they almost did not mention this at all, but look at that. Look at that. Model Y paint shop. I mean, Model Y robots. Model Y stuff there. Model Y factory there. I think that, you know, I'm not not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here, but I think they're sending us a signal that China Model Y is about ready to ramp. You know what I mean? And like, they didn't even include that in the chart. Because if you go back to this chart here, And on the vehicle production side, wait, yep, Model Y Shanghai, not even on the chart. So we're at 840K without Model Y. Model Y is going to hit 200K, you know, I don't know. So look how fast they ramp Model 3. We're eight months in to Model 3 ramp, and they have already launched it to 250K capacity. They're already about to start, you know, we're months into the Model Y build out. So I think there is a crazy X factor in the guidance that has not been included, which is the Model Y ramp in China. And I think, what did Elon say on the call about China? China is savage. Every single time he hears an update from that team, they're crushing it, even beating his expectations. Look at how they went from a pile of mud to a factory producing cars in like so quickly. Um, I might've got my dates wrong now that I triple think about it on that uh, Model 3 ramp to get to 250K. It may have taken a year and eight months, not eight months, but you get the point. Um, I think Tesla, you know, Model Y right here, I think this could result, I think they could deliver like 100,000 Model Ys next year in China, just Model Ys in China. So you add that to the 840, then you add, you know, a little bit of increase to these because this is current. And then you add a little bit from Berlin and Shanghai, uh, a little bit from Berlin and Austin, and we are going to hit a million deliveries next year, folks. That's right. Tesla could grow its deliveries. It could reach half a million, reach the biggest scale it's ever hit, and then grow yet even faster, clip to 100%. I mean, this is... You know, I, I thought the million years cars next year was just insane and way too good to be true. But then you start backing out these numbers and looking at what Tesla gives us. This is totally makes sense, right? I mean, am I crazy here? Um, check my annual delivery chart. Um, so so I think Tesla's going to deliver a million cars next year unless the global economy totally goes, goes off a cliff. Solving the money problem. What's up, bro? Thanks for the super chat. Um, and oh, I was right. It's eight months. Okay, that's good. Um, so. That's fascinating. China gross margin. They ask him about that. Um, oh, the semi truck. So they, Gene Munster, love Gene. He's asked them about the Tesla semi and the mega chargers. You know, it's, and, and Elon's basically like, look, I think they've tabled the semi truck until they can really scale the 4680. And they're probably gonna be the cyber truck first because they need so many cells. It's like, why even start the semi truck vehicle program till we can supply enough cells for 50,000 semi trucks a year? And so, oh, oops. And so, I think the semi truck is going to be delayed further, um, but I, I don't think that's bad. I think it's just going to take a lot of time to really perfect that, and so that is what it is. Um, and then they talk about oh, and then but will freight become material part of Tesla's business? Is what G Monster asks, and autonomy. And Elon's like huge, like horse, and he makes this joke about how horses are already autonomous, but he goes long term, all transport will be autonomous. And, uh, you know, the Tesla Semi with the same tech, just bigger motors, once we get that rolling, it's going to be a game changer. So I think the Tesla Freight Network platooning, three trucks platooning, um, has so much potential. Um, Tyler, thanks to Super Chat. Um, and so, yeah, I think the Semi truck, it's, it's like the solar roof. It's going to be a game changer. Tens of billions in revenue opportunity, really changing an industry structurally that Tesla's not in. It's a new startup, you know, consumer cars, now we have freight um, you know, at solar roof, so, you know, solar panels, but it's just going to take a long time to really perfect that product and get it to where they want to be. Um, and it's just going to be supply constrained and they have a high, a higher ROI, I think for different products for these new batteries, which are Berlin model Y and Cybertruck, And that's their priority versus semi. That's what it is. Um, okay. So this is, we're ending the conference call here. I think this, this is really, really got me pumped. Um, sell to pack. And so they talk about how the semi truck, Uh, Oh, semi needs a lot of sales. Got but structural. The biggest structural issue for old OEMs. um, You know why can these OEMs not catch up? And then Elon's basically like, look, we're building so much of our car with so much more of our car than typical OEMs. Like they don't own their sales, they don't own the distribution, they don't own their service. We own all of that. They do the thing that I was telling you that quote. They assemble parts from a supplier base and sell them to a dealer base. And he goes into talking about how this vertical integration has totally changed the game by allowing for a cell-to-vehicle approach basically bigger than cell to pack, cell to vehicle. So this may have been just as big of an innovation that that got lost in the sauce at battery day, which was Tesla's not redesigning the cell. It's how the car is built with the cell, making that cell not just store energy, but provide structure with this crazy honeycomb effect and pattern. And this is insane. And so I'm going to pull up some visuals for you so we can uh, scheme on this better together. But I mean, I think this is going to have an absolutely game-changing process. And to hear Elon about just, he's like, this is like from a first principles basis, we don't need to support and we can just have all this, this space for the structure of the car. I mean, this is absolutely changing everything um, about how the cars are built. And so he brings up this analogy of, the early aircraft wing versus the modern aircraft wing. And once this modern aircraft wing happened and you could maximize all of that space instead of all this structural space here, you were able to, you know, you couldn't compete. How are you going to compete if you're fundamentally from a first principles basis, like have one hand tied back on your back, wasting all this space for structure when they're using it for fuel? It's just never going to work. And so that's why what Tesla is doing here, the same analogy in battery packs and to hear Elon Musk reiterate on the call really made me hit home on how important this is. Um, And oh, I'm talking about, sorry, my Neuralink's, I just got the new update on the minor link. It's freaking out. It's awesome. But, um, and so the, um, you know, this excess structure is alone, a huge increase in in improvement And, and the way this, uh, so you also notice here, like, look, this battery pack here closer in than this battery pack. So not only do you have that, but you can bring the cells closer, tighter mass. That makes the driving experience better. And those batteries are actually structurally providing support to the to the car, and they're like connected with not just this one tiny wire, but the whole thing. So, anyway, the point is, it's totally a new form factor in the way these batteries um, are structured, and what their their purpose is is not just energy storage, but it's also vehicle structure. And so this is this is a huge huge deal. And for Elon to say that like this means that like in the future. All of these cars, every car is going to have this, and it's going to be a huge, like, structural disadvantage. And so, you know, I I, I don't know. I really, for, to me, that hit home of, like, the real innovation that Tesla had was not, you know, the size of the cell or the chemistry of the cell or the range of the cell. Or Those were all great innovations, but the innovation of the cell to structure is going to be something that no one is scheming on, nobody's working on, nobody's putting into production, yet Tesla is already putting it into production, and it's, like, you don't have cell to structure in five years your car is like a 30% hit to efficiency off the bat from a first principles basis that you're never gonna be able to compete against, you know? So that was a huge big takeaway for me on this call was, wow, as much as this new uh, tabless architecture was a breakthrough, the Celta structure is really another breakthrough. Like Tesla didn't just leapfrog the OEMs and the battery companies one way in, you know, on battery day, they leapfrogged them in like six ways at once or five ways. And so... You know, I don't know. I, I think Elon's an alien, right? Like, um, replacement for battery packs. Thanks for the super chat. Um, I don't know. You know, I think they didn't talk about the million miles. Um, and yeah, so if you have a bad battery in the structural pack, you know, I don't know. Tesla has a lot of cells now. Some of them can go bad, decrease range. So this is actually my curious thing is like, if you get in a crash, there's less like buffer between the actual cell and, you know, cause you don't have that structure. So with that crash that hits the cell directly, like break the cell more, cause a fire. Like, I don't know, but they, they totally thought that through. And so, um, very curious to see all that. Um, let me go through my notes here. Yeah. And so Elon, to sum it up there, like aircraft were uncompetitive when they had the separate tank. And there was a several-year transition, and over time, it won't be competitive for, um, you know, the competition in electric vehicles to not have sell the structure. And so, that is what it is. Um, So, anyway, do you have any questions or comments um, that I can get to? I mean, this was a blockbuster quarter. I feel like, I, you know, I've summed it all up. But, you know, to me, uh, Tesla's really, you know, when we take a step back and look at where the world is, what Tesla's part in the world is, and how this is all changing, I mean, you know, as much as everything sucks right now, I kind of got to think in six to nine months, we're going to start to see the other side of this pandemic um, at the end of the winter. You know, Tesla's gone through the trickiest part of it. They survived it. Their sales have rebounded. The financials are, are clicking back into place. And so now it's all about stepping the foot on growth. It's just how fast can they grow? They're already profitable. They're already business models all working. I mean, uh, it's all good news. This is truly a new era for Tesla where the earnings reports have become slightly boring because they're all so obviously profitable and there's no risk of Tesla going out of business. It's not a nail biter anymore because they totally have it in the bag. And so that is pretty exciting. Um, So yeah, so some people, Jeff Don did put out new research saying that their batteries can go 2 million miles on a charge. But like, is that chemistry what's going to be in the initial 4680? We don't know. But we do know that Jeff Don is pushing the envelope on those new battery cells. And you have to say, well, maybe they didn't want to talk about the million mile battery because they didn't want people to wait to buy that battery. So there was some Osborne effect there. But I do think it was interesting um, that they have sort of stopped pushing um, on that. And so I actually do want to end with last thing on on autonomy and margins, since maybe somebody got the FSD um, rollout uh, or the new FSD thing. Um, the way Elon says that the on some gross margin structure or gross margin questions, he's like, dude, like these gross margins we're making now are just going to be so small compared to autonomy. Um, I really think, you know, my biggest takeaway from the call is that this autonomous update, this new autopilot rewrite, like it is really moving forward. There was a big step change in the trajectory of autopilot. And I, I you know, inferred from the call on Elon's tone that I definitely think, um, he has never been more confident in this rollout and he thinks it's going to absolutely crush it. And he's never been more pumped about autopilot software. And that's why all his projections in his head about the auto business are all just waiting for the robo-taxi business to take off because in Tesla and Elon Musk's head, they already that's already the thing. Like, they don't even care, you know. And so that's why he doesn't care about FSD transfership for cars. He's like, bro, this is so much bigger than that. And so um, I really think, you know, the greatest step change in asset value of all time when your car can go autonomous, you know, that's actually starting as of last night. And so we could be in for a, what, you know, as much as a million cars is exciting, making a 20%, 7% gross margin on that for profits next year. You know, let's really talk about the price hike trajectory of FSD with this new feature, um, you know. Man, this is so exciting. Uh, this is epic, an epic quarter here. I'm scrolling through my notes to see if there's anything I missed. I mean, energy crushing it, uh, rebounding in a major way. That was another massive bright spot for the quarter to me. Um, I'd love to show you that on uh let's just go to hypercharts one more time here to wrap up the quarter. There was deliveries. Um, there was the revenue. Um let's see what that service revenue did. Oh, five. I think I had 550. Not bad. So that energy revenue. So you know what I mean? Like really dwindling here. Like this is okay. They buy solar city, energy is looking good. And that just stalls for so long as they trim down that leasing solar business and then get back into batteries. Oh my gosh, it's exciting. No, it's not exciting. We have the the COVID and we have seasonally Week Q1. And so, but now finally did we get the breakout we all wanted? And is this going to continue? Um, I think this was this was huge, huge news. Um, so the energy business, you know, that'll probably be a silver lining that'll get lost. In the news from this quarter, but that'll be something that um I'll be looking at as well. Also, Texas, this thing is moving like crazy. I mean, I cannot believe that they are moving the Texas factory this fast, and they actually plan on doing not only model Y next year, but actually Cybertrucks. I mean, that is gonna be really exciting. It sounds like the Cybertruck thing is gonna go really slow to start. Um, this is the uh plant in in austin so i would encourage you all to soak this in and take a great look because in just a couple months from now we are going to be absolutely looking at like it's going to totally transform and like a year from now like might even start building prototype cars like it's just it's mind-blowing to watch how fast um this is going to go up um mark percy i'm whole i'm picking up more shares you holding or you throwing in some more chips uh thanks to super chat i mean i'm i'm not a financial advisor i don't get financial advice I'm personally just holding on all my Tesla shares. Um, I don't really have, like, more money to buy more stock right now, so I'm just holding on to all my position. Um, and, yeah, Mega Charger, um, what metrics do we use to judge the rollout of Supercharger locations? So you can actually go um, in the shareholder letter, and they will tell you the amount of Supercharger locations, I believe. And so that is something that's kind of a cool, like, little stat that you can have. Um, right here, Supercharger stations, they were up 7% sequentially, 32% year-over-year to 2,181. So... There you go. I hope that answers your question. Um, Okay, this is a good way to end it. My moonshot, the 25K car is the new base Model 3 with the 4680 cell and cast body. Fight me. Yeah, and there was a question about whether Elon Musk would be able to keep these margins at like 27% when they drop the price of the $25,000 car, and he basically says they can. So I think you're really onto something. And you know, if they can sell the model 3 right now for 35 grand at the, the base model profitably and, and that's where their starting price is, you know, in two years with this new technology of you add in the Celta structure, the new efficiency, the cheaper this, the cheaper capex, the cheaper but uh, you know, structure. Um, you add that all in, it's like, yeah, I think Tesla will very easily hit that 25K price point in a couple years. And you can see, I mean, now the cheapest car is 35K or 40K for a Tesla. It used to be 200K. And it's now it gets more range and charges faster and has autopilot. It's a way better product. So, you know, Tesla, if there's one thing I'm sure of, it's that the Model Y I bought is going to be more expensive and crappier technology than the Model Y that rolls off the line tomorrow. And that's inevitable for Tesla. I wouldn't say that for every other car company. They think in these like annual buckets of improvement. Well, Tesla is this constant iteration, constant process of improvement. And I think they're a lot closer to hitting that 25K car than than people um, are giving them credit for. The HVAC thing, they will for sure get into HVAC. Um, The fact that they announced that they will prototype that is fascinating. Um, I think that is one of the action items that came out of this call is Elon Musk and the energy team are like, yep, we need to assign a couple engineers to build the prototype of that HVAC thing. So that is very, very exciting um, and pretty epic. Um, So actually, yeah, one more thing on the energy business now that I think about it, the the fact they included that guy, RJ, on the call, um, that's probably a signal that the energy business is really heating up because they wanted to draw attention to it, and he seemed to be hyping it up. So that gives me a little bit more confidence. Um, S&P inclusion doesn't matter. Only thing that matters is how the business is doing. That's my opinion. So anyway, this wraps it up. Um, I'm, unless you guys have any more questions, I mean, this was an epic quarter from Tesla, even better than my expectations. Really fun conference call, and just the confidence that Elon has right now, but also the composure that him and the team have. Um, it's pretty, uh, it, you know, I, I think they, you know, yeah, the numbers show they're crushing it, but the management in between the lines analysis says they're maybe even crushing it harder than we can even comprehend. Um, and water purification, that's another industry they would get into. Robo taxis coming this next year, maybe in certain geographies, but probably 2022 for the robo taxis. But this is a huge step. We're gonna have to be monitoring this FSD thing. Um, that is just a huge, huge step. Um, and oh yeah, Model Y in Texas, the fact that they're gonna build the Model Y in Texas next year means the Model Y demand must be insane. I actually think like, I mean, I have the Model Y, I think it's the best car you can literally possibly buy in the world right now for any price. And so I think they're going to sell, you know, a million Model Ys a year, potentially, maybe like at least half a million, probably. Um, so we've got a long way to go on Model Y, and I think the fact they're already turbocharging a new factory for Model Y while ramping the hell out of the one in Fremont tells you a pretty good idea of how, how excited they are on Model Y, too. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else... Um, Will Elon leave te- Tesla for SpaceX? I hope not for a long time. A HyperGWAP update. Oh, HyperGWAP, So I'm real. I'm uh, you know, I'm reading all your applications. I'm gonna get back to people uh, starting next week for the HyperGWAP applications. Um, you think QA is a real issue. No, I don't think QA is a real. You know, I got you know people like to talk about the quality issues of Tesla. Maybe that was a thing a year ago, but really no. I mean, I I got my car. I loved it. I thought it was insane. Um. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm going to make a couple of videos about this, probably the Tesla internal applications team thing, because I think that is crazy. And the self-destructure thing. Those are two really interesting tidbits that we got on this call um, that I can't wait to dive into. But anyway, happy Tesla earnings day. Like this is, this was a good one, man. Um, I needed some good news in my life and I'm really excited that, you know, at least Tesla's crushing it. And so congrats to all you shareholders. Congrats to all the, you know, all of my friends for tuning in, like love hanging out with you all and just, you know, scheming on Tesla. Like, this is so fun. So, I really appreciate all you tuning in. I'm reading all your chats. Like, this is epic. And if you have any more, like, ideas, what kind of content I'm going to make, like, please, please leave it below. And I'm going to tease you with, I shot this epic video. I got this crazy camera guy, and we shot this epic video of where I, like, drive around and interview one of my favorite Seattle rappers, and he's never driven a Tesla before, and I show him how to drive it, and we, like, do a podcast about the future of the music industry. That's being edited and coming out, and it's going to be incredible. So I'm just like teasing y'all on that one. Um, Yeah, because I got some crazy stuff coming up. Anyway, thank you all so much. See you next time. Happy Tesla Earnings Day. Go Elon, go Martin, go Tesla team. Love the quarter. Um, I'm about to go hug my Model Y. Peace.